Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. We got a great episode. Mr. Breedwell, what welcome up? back. Y'all doing? Man, what a great Super Bowl. I was I was rooting for my man uh, Joey. Brr. I was he, anybody who's got the the the, the last I, name, the nickname. Brr. I made a huge man. I did. He's a stud. Bet. I made a bet, and I was like, I did the uh, Bengals money line with the parlay into the under, and I bought half a point, so I had forty nine and a half. So I was sitting right for Joe Jojo, aka Young Tom Brady. Um, to come through and make me a touchdown, get him up around 37, 38 points, yep. combined, close it out. And I really ended up, I should have just bet on the spread and I would have been fine. But, you know, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. He's a stud too. Dude can slang it. He did pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I was, uh, he, he did, he had, a, he had a great game. I was a fun game to watch. It wasn't as exciting of a Super Bowl as normal. No. Until halftime. Then I was super excited. That was like one of so the what? best halftime shows ever. So I saw, obviously, right, ton of celebrities posting some best halftime. Just smoking it, blunt right before. Yeah, they, like, yeah they caught him on video. Snoopy. That was hilarious. There's mm-hmm. some video of Snoop Dogg just ripping a blunt, right? Literally right before he he's goes on. in the hallway. Like, he's like, that's how you know you're an original gangster when Dude. you don't give no Fs no. and you just do what you do. You go out there great, in the zone. You put on a show. All the celebrities were going crazy, tweeting that it was one of the best halftime shows ever. I, I, I saw a couple people get upset about that, though, and said that the two, they said it was top five. Because um, there's been some really good like Super Bowl halftime shows, but... I wasn't around. I wasn't old enough to freak for out. this one, um, but a lot of people were saying like it's hard to dethrone Michael Jackson from the best Super Bowl halftime show ever. Didn't you like fly in? Or I went back and watched it, dude. It is pretty insane. Did like, you like float in? Uh, yeah, 
he he did all kinds of crazy. Was that the thing there was, was like that? multiple sets that he did um that I just thought I mean like go back and watch, watch it, it but it's but it, I mean if you like rap you like hip hop like, like that my, that like was MJ. a that was a killer halftime show last night for sure. We got some positive news that uh if you were watching the Super Bowl you have hopefully come to the conclusion that COVID is over because all the people who are oh, telling you, yeah. the celebrities and the politicians who are telling you you that had to mask up celebration and were mandating you do all of these things. All of them were there. Oh, they I, was having a good time last night. You know, night. it was crazy. At like the 49ers game, like I think a week and a half before, people were like wearing them on their chins and stuff. I didn't even see a mask. I saw one dude thugging KN95 and he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm following the man. Hey, no, he was just scared probably. But I didn't see anybody else. Not one person. Uh, what's her name? Ellen DeGeneres. I saw her neck wrinkles. I didn't see no, <laughs> I didn't see no mask. But I mean, old. personally, I'm excited about, you know, what's uh, what's going on from the perspective of now, like people should really come to the, you know, conclusion. Oh, it's going to be done. It's over. Nevada, like, and we've talked. Nevada removed the mask mandates. I mean, the second they did it, like a few hours later, all the casino, major casino, yep. uh, I don't know what they're called. Uh, like, they're almost like the uh, labor unions for the casinos are mm-hmm. like, cool, no mask mandates indoors, none for workers. People, if you want to do it, no problem. Um, I am well we talked about think, this yeah, earlier think, in the year. You had mentioned it when we were in Napa that you said you I had said, Demo- you- Democrats mm-hmm. can't afford to do any of the draconian measures, lockdowns, mandates, any of that anymore because now they've done it so many times. Well, and we've seen the what podcast was it? Um, uh, it's called the All In Podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. four billionaires and, and it's one guy's a pretty staunch two, Democrat. Two, two Democrats. Yeah, it's the uh Chapathra or whatever the the Indian dude, and oh. um, he uh, he basically said, you know, he is a relatively liberal Democrat, and he was like, Democrats can't afford to do this, you know, beyond a certain point this year because midterms are coming up, and you know, we do know that human beings do have somewhat of a short memory span, and there's got to be some level of buffer between what they did. And letting things kind of settle down and play out and go back to normalcy so that way they can really campaign off of that, right? Obviously, because the science has changed because science is fluid. I've been seeing that. You You know, know, there's an old poster. And I remember like um, my teacher told me why she loved math so much and because it was an exact science. Meaning that science can have variables, but it doesn't just change in four months. And the funniest part was, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say all of the conspiracy theories were right because that's going to open a can of worms because I'm going to let you know they were not. But there's a lot of things that people are, that are on the, were on the right were saying yep. that, you know, masks don't work, lockdowns aren't going to work. To that effect, if you want to call that a conspiracy theory, um, then yes, those conspiracy theories with my air quotes um, we're right. And we've been saying that too, because it's, it just says it on the box. I mean, I didn't have to look more than on the damn box. The damn box says this is not for medical use. Ding, 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 ding. Guess what? It's not for medical use. Uh, I'm not going to beat that horse over anymore. But uh, what we're starting to see is, I think, a shift in the talk more towards um, inflation, 
Yes, inflation uh, is conveniently the... Ukraine and Russia is happening right now, so that's yep. a really decent scapegoat to kind of which he on. he also said that as well, you know, and this was in I think December when I listened to this podcast. Um, in general, you know, things that are good, I don't want to say smoke screens, but hey, look over there, right? Is is always war, you know, international conflict, which we're seeing and now participating in some capacity, right? I think, uh, I forget what his name was, came out, he's in, he's in Biden's cabinet, came out this weekend and essentially said that, like, if you're an Olympian, you, you should be getting out of the Olympics, like, is essentially what they came out and said this weekend, which I thought was kind of crazy. Well, uh, shout out men's curling team, because we smoked, smoked China. And I was watching that, and I don't know who the dude is on the team. He has his dude. He was in Nike Air Max low top dunks, like hybrids, with long curly hair and a mustache and a hat. Chinese dude, white American. Oh, guy. white American. This guy. dude looks like when he got done, he was flying straight to San Diego to rip rip a curl. <laughs> I mean, he was down. So it was fun to watch because the Chinese team was super serious and that guy would get on there and he was like joking around the whole time and then he was just throwing these, I mean, darts. So anyway, Olympics was cool. Um, US has been doing good. We were like in third or second place last time I checked yeah, for I'm medal cu- count. I'm curious on medal count. Um, yeah, I've been, seeing, I've been seeing a lot of, they evacuated the US embassy in Ukraine. Um, they're essentially telling all US citizens and um to get out of there, Poland opened their borders to people that are fleeing the country. But yeah, get, oh yeah, we're in third place. We're in go. third place with seven golds, and we got Germany ahead of us and Norway coming yeah, dude, in. Norway's damn. Well, they laid it on thick with the bronze medals, and they are they're they're a cold country. Yeah, I mean the twenty one medals. Oh, dude, they're not they're not, not bad. They're not playing around. The U.S. is technically beating Germany on total medal count sixteen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's a, it's been fun to watch. I just think it's, you know, I hope that we don't ever like hold anything in China again. They just suck. I hate China. I don't like, I don't hate Chinese people. They're go- I, their I government, government is, communism I yeah, just I shows how many marginalized people there are in that country mm-hmm. and, and what we actually do know about the country. Like when I was in China and we were traveling all over, I mean, the amount of control and, and their, their government has on tourism on literally every aspect of their economy, their country. I mean, there was, you could, it's a beautiful country. You could feel the compliance too. Like it, I was scared to like do anything wrong, you know, cause I didn't want to get in trouble, let alone like the people that are living there and, and, you know, experiencing it on a daily basis. So I think Chinese people as, as all people, right. Like majority of people are good. Yeah. But then there's right. Bad people everywhere. Bad people everywhere. Oh, and yeah. usually, you know, when they get into power, like in politics, um, you know, one can control many through a lot of different, you know, forms. So I, uh, I don't disagree with you there. We're starting to see some definite heating up of the tension of yeah. Russia invading Ukraine. And I said that like a month ago when it was starting to heat up, I was like, this is not Shit's good. about to pop off And it was kind of like there. people were like, oh, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. It's not as bad as you may think it is, um, but no, that's that's as bad as we could think it is because it's because uh, of the timing of it. Um, so I am not very hopeful. I wouldn't be surprised if this week or even next week 
we saw a steep escalation. Um, and, the- and what does that mean from a global perspective and how it ties back into the stock market? We'll just keep it the U.S. stock market for now. U.S. stock market-wise, it's bad, like short-term, just like any sort of volatility or fear-based um, or shock and awe incident is. Um, I My guess is it would send oil prices like through the roof because that's a, a commodity that's needed for war. Um, I think U.S. aerospace and defense stocks are have been and are going to continue to do well in the buildup in tension in the conflict, and they would continue to go and do well through that. Um, and that's pretty much all I would know. We've never had, I've never seen um, a market going through what it's going through. Plus, we have a pandemic that's ending. Then we have inflation. Then we have the Olympics going on. Then we have tensions with a country, other country that's going on. You know, Russia saying that our our relationships are lying on the ground. Uh, NATO is saying they're still going to let Ukraine join, which means that if they do, they have to defend the Ukraine, which U.S. is a part of NATO. So it's like. I don't know, man. That's a that's a crazy time. It's like a tangled ball of yarn in that. Yeah, it's a it if it ever if it escalates the way that it it, it could, and it shouldn't, but it, it could, you know, it could end up being, you know, what where China eventually steps in and starts bolstering up what Russia does. So then Russia feels more emboldened to do what they do because now they have China. China's gonna start crimping down on us. We're already in inflation, so then cost of goods are gonna go even higher. So it's it is not a fun time to be retiring or to be a short-term investor. But if uh, you're a long-term investor, it's a good time to stick to your guns and continue doing what you're doing. Um, but it's, it's going to be a rocky time in the market for the short term, in, in the near term, excuse me, um, until we get this. 2022 as a whole? No, I just in the near term, like in the next couple months. Okay, we next need quarter to, we two. need yeah, or or shorter. It could be a couple of weeks, but just I don't know when this is gonna. Mm-hmm. You know, we could wake up tomorrow and they could they could declare everything's fine, and that would that little Ukraine Russia thing ticks itself out of the market. The only thing really rearing its ugly head now is inflation, and people can kind of swallow that pill, mm-hmm. be it big or small, a lot better than they can international conflict. We have a little more control, I guess, over the inflation stuff, right? central banks and stuff like that. We don't have really much control over the Ukraine and Russia crisis. So that would be the thing I'd be focusing on the most. Um, I wouldn't try to time anything. I wouldn't try to do anything different than, again, your game plan or your investment plan. It sucks to take losses in your stock portfolios um, and then see it. Uh, Just realizing the losses sucks even more. And that's why you don't sell when your assets are down. You, You purchase them. And you purchase quality assets to know that they're going to appreciate. The only thing that's different between like the stock market and other asset classes is the um, the level of volatility. Uh, stocks, just as a general, are the most short, highest short term volatility asset, and then derivatives of them can get any higher, even higher, like options and stuff like that that you can own. So we just see the ebb and flow of their pricing happen a lot more frequently. Then we do other assets because we have indicators and stuff built for that. That's how that market trades. The flip side to that is they can also make you the most amount of money in a short period of time um, due to their potential up and down. So when they're down, it's probably a good time to buy quality ones 
And the same thing would apply to real estate or any other quality asset. When the price of it's down, it doesn't mean it's a bad asset. It just means it's a time to properly purchase quality areas in that asset arena. And I was joking with Matt. I was like, this is like, you know, in 2008 with stocks and real estate, you had to realize you're going to be alive in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so to, to be selective, but make sure that you're buying quality stuff because everybody that did has all their money back and probably then some. A lot more. Um, and we're getting paid the whole time via yield in their real estate or dividends in their stock portfolios. So that's the smart thing to do. It's hard to do because we don't have a good education around how money works in the United States. But that's the smart thing to do. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's what everybody says. It's like, well, everybody may say that. But if you have a financial plan in place, and like all my clients do. It's just you, executing, it's on, executing the on the plan. It's hey, this is the time when it's hard to execute on the plan. Right. But trust me, we need to keep what we have because what we have is good. And long term, it's going to make us hand over for us more than we have maybe seen in losses now. So it's, it's a difficult time to be a retail investor. Um, and it's a hard time to be a professional investor. But the hard thing is convincing the retail investors that everything's going to be okay in the long term. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think something to emphasize, guys, is when you build a plan and you have a roadmap and there are, we'll just say, triggering events in the market that you know don't necessarily feel good Oh, no. But the principles and the disciplines and the practices over the historical timeline of, you know, we'll just say the context of what vehicle you're investing in tell you that even though it's scary right now, this is why they call it the contrarian right approach to investing is when everybody else is feeling and riding these emotions and they don't feel good, those are oftentimes, if not all the time, the moment that you should continue to trust in your roadmap and your plan based on what the market is giving you, meet the market where it's at and execute on those disciplines that in, you know, the long-term timeline of what your plan shows it should do, it's going to be a good choice. And that's where I think it's really hard for retail investors because they don't have the professional skill set and understanding and overall context of how these disciplines and actions will pan out for them, right? They ride the highs and the lows. And that's where if you want to be, whether it's a real estate investor, whether it's, you know, having a thriving stock and investment portfolio, whether it's, you know, in your business, oftentimes it's in the moments of chaos is where the real opportunity is at. And you have to fall back on, right? All the exercises, all the training, all the trust, all of the process that you've put into building the plan to continue to execute on it and see it through. Yep. And that's what I've seen the most successful and wealthiest people do over time is in times like right now, yeah, they may be frustrated with the market or you might hear them bitch or moan, but at the same time, they're also either making the moves that are aligned with their plan or right, they're not making emotional decisions that could hurt and you know, catastrophically impact their plan and the overall outcome of what that plan should be doing and performing as in a grand scheme of a timeline. Correct. And the biggest detriment to a portfolio is when you derail it from its plan. 
cool because then you're right going you reset yeah you're going yeah. all the way back to ground zero if yeah. not probably further back than ground zero and it's most of the time it's further because most of the time when they people pull that le- lever it's not when they're up a ton it's when they're down and it's it's just important again to nurture and be fair to your money in all aspects you got to be fair to it you can't take returns off of money and not and not you know I I've said this to people. I was like, man, you know, you never call when I've I've made you money. You call when we lose a, like three or four percent. Everything really. I mean, are you being fair to your money right now? Is that fair? We have to risk money to make money, right. even in real estate. Yeah, you're risking money to make money. Yep. Even if it's just your property taxes or your insurance or your whatever your. Uh, Picking that tenant, so the cash flow is on that, that tenant. So, I mean, there's there's risks everywhere, but that's why there's reward on the back end of it because you're risking to get the reward. So, um, it's again as a reminder to everybody listening: not a fun time to see your portfolio balances go down, but when you feed them in times like this, is when they are just going to get fat and healthy right in the recovery, with which is every day closer yep. than than yesterday. Yeah. Well, I know that, um, and guys, this is a great opportunity. If you don't feel confident in your plan right now, or you don't feel confident in the conversations and communication happening between you and your advisor around your plan, or or you don't have one at all, this is the perfect time to reach out to Ryan and his team. Text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. You'll get to connect with him and his team regarding your plan. You know, it's cool. I've gotten to talk with a bunch of people that obviously have done their x-rays and, mm-hmm. you know, work with you and, um, and, and how much having a confidant who is the professional actively meeting you where you're at based on what your goals are and based on what the market is giving you and building that plan, how, um, what's the word, how comforting that is. Because most people that are looking to build wealth it's not that they're afraid to take action and execute. It's oftentimes they don't know what they should be executing on or they're executing on the wrong thing. Like yes. if you're listening right now, my guess is if you're, you're listening because Millionaire Mindcast, we talk all things money. We talk about wealth building. We talk about living your best Good life. Stuff. We talk about right living like a millionaire in every category. But at the root of all of that, right, we love to talk about money and mm-hmm. the strategy of wealth mm-hmm. and, and how to make your money matter. And, you know, you're not somebody that has issues executing. It's oftentimes, I see a lot of people who have great output, but they're mistaking movement for achievement and they're really not moving the needle forward on the right things. And so that's where like your plan, having the right board of advisors around you is so critical because you could be condensing what you're actually executing and acting on that gets you 10 times the amount of output and growth versus having 10 times the amount of output and getting you know 1x the amount of growth because you're just not focused on the right things. And so that's where sometimes you just have to humble yourself and go, all right, what am I missing? You know, or like, let me get out of my own head and get connected with the right people who can, you know, Give, I, I can't tell you how many times you and I have had conversations where I'm like, oh shit, I'm riding, you know, the retail, you know, headline yep. wave of, you know, fear and this and that. And you're like, well, hold on. And and so like just having that sounding board and somebody that can be a backstop for our crazy thoughts 
as we go about doing things, vice versa, right? Like yeah. you're, you're asking me about how do I do, yep. how do I buy this winery? How do I do this? And I'm over here poking all these holes in it. And you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe I shouldn't go after this one, or maybe we need to go after it this way instead. And so I think that's the importance of really having your counsel around the important things. Um, because especially in times of turbulence, uh, that can really derail you, but also equally that can catapult you to breaking through to another level when most people are struggling and and taking steps backwards. Remember the movie 300? Whenever they go to war, they would always go and consult the Oracle. Of course. Because in times of turmoil, you look to your wisest counsel, right? Absolutely. Homie climbed the crazy mountain. I don't want to, that was kind of freaky. The nasty I loved dudes, it though. But, you know, there was like, ooh, like some creepy, you know, Financial. That's what probably people see when they see me, like a oh, financial advisor. Goodness gracious! Yeah, but as a, as as weird of an analogy that is, like even that's what that's what all smart leaders do is in times of you know turmoil or or um, in our case volatility, you look to the professionals in that area so you can get clarity on what you don't understand. Is what I'm hearing. From, you know, because a lot of stuff that people, you know, call me about is what they've just heard on the news or mm-hmm. read in an article. Yeah. Which a lot of the times it's for, it's a lot of, it's like for entertainment purposes. Well, right? yeah, it's eyeballs. Yeah. Eyeballs and attention. So does this actually mean something? Um, most of the time I would say no. Uh, there's a lot of good people that write stuff. But the, uh, most people don't read that. They read the stuff that's snazzy and catchy. So again, going back to that old moniker of sticking to your guns and riding through the storm and not getting discouraged by it. So to talk about inflation, you know, one of one of the guys that you and I both like to follow, and he's relatively in the middle, bipartisan. Um, he's not a doomsdayer. He's usually a pretty data driven dude. Yep. Um, Muhammad Al Arian, um, you know, has been really talking a lot about inflation lately and the challenges of inflation. Like, hey, if if the Fed doesn't take a hard stance on curbing inflation, like it could get out of hand relatively quickly. And you noted something a little bit earlier in our conversation about the five and the 10 year 10 year yield. Yeah. It's it, the, the five year, the spread on those yields is getting very close, almost to the point where I would say, if you don't have too many decibel points and you look at the first decimal, they're both 1.9%. Um, and so explain what that means and the difference between the five and the 10 and them being very similar. What very easily to explain that it seems, it means that you could let somebody borrow your money for five years and get paid almost the same amount as if somebody borrowed your money for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And if people borrow your money for longer periods of time, you should get paid more because of the opportunity cost. Yep. Um, and other factors, but mainly that. So when somebody is scratching their head saying, well, why would I give you my money for 10 years when they can get paid the same to give my money to this person for five? That is not a good indicator in the uh, market. That is a flattening on the front end of the yield curve. And that's not good. Uh, we, don't, we don't want that. Uh, we want the yield curve to look like a ramp. It's lower in the front higher towards the tail because mm-hmm. that's how things should be. Right. The longer debt is issued, the higher the yield that is paid. It should not go the opposite way. Um, I'm thinking that that's, again, due to some 
stuff in the economy. I think when they raise rates here in the next couple weeks, we're going to see... It's got to happen. Oh, it's going to happen in March. Like, I mean, it has to. It is going to happen in March. Um, so we're going to see what that does to the economy. And I think if you read the second part of his uh, tweet there, the hope is that... What the hell? Where is it? Anyway. Endogenous adaptations, Holy material God, data, and or exogenous developments will resolve the dilemma, but it's generally a bad idea to base policy on hope. So here's what I will tell you and what we are kind of leaning on cautiously that could happen. And we think there may be a case for that. And again, don't bet the, the bank on this. This is something that we just believe. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I said this before and it happened prior, um, but earnings is what drives a bull market. We saw it in 2020. All the companies were reporting good earnings when they weren't supposed to, so people were buying them. Um, one of the developments that would re resolve the dilemma is if through all of this, these companies continue to report better than expected or good earnings. If that happens, a lot of people will take money off the sideline to invest, and that will start to buoy the economy in a way that could help it get through this turmoil. Is that something that is good to bet on to Muhammad's point? No, but that's probably one of the biggest catalysts that we have that has a higher it's likelihood betting of betting on the consumer. Yeah, and I just said that's why I was saying I'm, I would say we're cautiously bullish on the US consumer having been spending their money, hoping that that materializes in the data. And if that does, because these are lagging indicators, that we can catch up with them. And so the next time they come out, we have an, another good round. And we need to have continued good unemployment numbers. We need to have continued good uh, payroll numbers. CPI needs to start creeping and leveling out, not continue going up. But if, if earnings can come out and be positive, which there is a case to be made that is quantifiable for that, 
I think that it's enough to at least bolster the market up right now so we can get through this turmoil and hoping there's nothing crazy that goes on with Russia and Ukraine, which I still think is likely. Mm -hmm. But if we can get through all of that and then earnings are good or better than expected, we should have, again, a good grind up towards the end of the year. But we are really, you know, skating on very thin ice and there's a lot of mistakes that can be made that will um, kill the house of cards. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Yeah. So he had said, you know, the federal reserves dilemma is tricky given how badly it's eroded its inflation related reputation and lost control of the policy narrative. So the two things they can do, right. Is act aggressively to regain credibility at the risk of derailing, right. Really just, taking all the wind out of the recovery sales of the U.S. economy, essentially, right? Or go slow and risk playing catch-up continuously. And so, you know, this is where I think you said, you know, thin ice, house of cards. What is worst-case scenario here from what you guys see? Well, I was hoping you didn't ask that. Um <laughs> What could, does the data say? I mean, if, if if things continue to go bad, I mean, we could hit a. Uh, we could hit. We could. Hit, there's some. There's some recessionary indicators uh, looming out there, uh, which would be indicative of another large, large pullback. Um, so vacuum of the money sucks out, sits on the sidelines, or where does it go? Goes to safe assets and cash. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But we're 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 tracking that. We're keeping an, an eye on it on a week to week basis daily, but keeping updated every uh, week to week. Um, I'm again. I'm hoping that I can the the stuff that I talked about, like U.S. consumer, can kind of step up, help bolster the economy, just like it has through other wars or other or other times of turmoil. The U.S. consumer has always actually pushed the economy through, um, and I'm hoping that's the case here. Uh, again, and I think that uh, there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a long tunnel. So we're seeing fifty billion in tapering off of bonds from the Fed. Mm. We're going to see interest rates potentially rise. Yeah, they're going to they should go up in March, and, and they really have to. It's baked into the market like at a hundred percent. So someone's we we've still got some people with good chunks of equity, you know tranches sitting around that they want to place what do you what do you say you are, to that person yeah, who's got 50 to 100 sitting around that they're like as long okay. as you're good with volatility and you understand the risks of any investment that you could put your money in and be down 20 percent you're ready for the ride just like you go up 20 percent, you're ready for the ride you have to be willing to lose money when you invest everybody you you know i don't know very many people that go to the casino one time and lose money and don't come back Welcome to a regulated legal casino for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's federal. It's the federal casino. Um, you're going to lose money sometimes. Just this casino, the odds are more in your favor than in the house. Just Warren Buffett put it pretty simply. The stock market is a place for wealth to transfer from the impatient to the patient. As long as you're patient and you buy quality assets... Uh, you will make money. Do not forget that all these big companies and all these hedge funds and all these huge investors that have millions and billions, they're taking the same loss as you are. 
and they're not freaking out. All these ETFs that are comprised of all those assets, ARK fund that it, you know had like $7 billion in losses, all they're doing is buying because this is normal for a market to do. Mm. So look to the professionals and notice they're not freaking out. They're explaining what's happening and what they're doing, but they're not freaking out and selling all their stuff and, and making irrational decisions with their money. Well, you know who is buying is George Soros. Yes, sir, he is. Sold off a good chunk of tech before a lot of the drop in January and parked about $2 billion. I beat him by 60 days. $2 billion in Rivian. I didn't buy Rivian, though. Did you notice that in the Super Bowl, most of the commercials, I saw a lot of crypto, crypto and a lot of electric vehicles? Yes. A lot of EV and a lot of crypto. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the Super Bowl in the early 2000s with internet companies or the late 90s. Mm-hmm. A lot of those companies don't exist anymore. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> uh, so I think you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of short-term pops on stuff. But you know, if 98%, like Mr. Gary V says, to just use a, a statistic that somebody else said, if 98% of the NFT projects are going to go to zero and the market's, let's call it 500 billion, that's $470 billion of money that's going to go to nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of wasted money. Yeah. And it will, I mean, the weirdest thing is it won't go to nothing. It just goes to the developers' pockets and then not to the, not to the investors. It's like a bad, being an LP and a bad investment. Yep. So, um, and I would also say just like in the early 2000s and the dot-com bubble, people that were early and, you know, bad companies that were getting investments, right? Mm -hmm. There was also, I think that was also part of the process to creating the landscape and the board game at which people yeah. could play it at a high level and actually win it and do it right. But and just like last time, there's general denial that there's anything ill going it, on. And then it's, it's, it is it's completely clear. No different. Yeah, everybody, I mean, like, I just can, different, different. There's a brand new token or project yeah. launching every day and they're all bullshit rug. Well, NFTs are really, in my opinion, no different than ICOs you know, initial coin offerings, right? These quote unquote cryptocurrencies that launched. I don't think an NFT is really a whole lot different. It's just a different narrative, you know, a little bit of a different, maybe, uh, you know, roadmap, I guess you could say, or what the utility might be for some of these things, but it's no different. And those are no different, like you said, than, you know, what happened in the dot-com boom in early 2000s. We did see a big seizure of Stolen Bitcoin this last week, $3.6 billion seized and stolen Bitcoin back from 2016. I think it was the platform Bitfex. If you just look at the people that did it too, I just. They're TikTokers. One of them, she is a rapper, a rapper TikToker, and they scammed and stole $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin. And this last week got caught and seized by the US government. Yep. Pretty crazy. And if that, I mean, not to go into it, but if like if you see the, they're not overly sophisticated people, no. And that's what I'm saying. When small, I mean, this is this is my take, just like in the internet, when smart, when when the early adopters, and you know, kind of become the martyrs who help them figure out. And buffer out all the unclear, the rough edges, the hurdles, the obstacles. They simplify it. Like I said, like they set the table. 
then once they set the table, right, they have the ability to then know what is the game that we're playing? What are the rules of the game? Who's regulating the game? And then smart money, smart businesses, smart investors, they get in, they play, they execute at a high level. And that's when things start to take off. And I still think we're still very early in that process. So it'll be interesting to see that. But to wrap up today, you know, in terms of some real estate, we're not seeing any slowing of the real estate market. Realtor.com came out. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about uh, a real estate crash ahead. And again, guys, whether the you know war is a big catalyst and you know event that you know it changes market dynamics, you know, yes, that's of course always possible. At the end of the day, you still have to look at the main, you know markers of what we know kind of give us that crystal ball. You've heard me say this on the show many a times, and most of the time, it's a simple supply and demand curve, right? Yes, there's a ton of other, you know, market variables of days on market, absorption rate, mm-hmm. you know, what the price per square foot of some of these properties are, you know, available inventory or months of standing inventory, but it's really it's the supply versus the demand. And with market, you know, um, with interest rates still being relatively low and money is still very cheap in the grand scheme of things, right? And inventory being well below normal, normal, healthy levels, way below. I'm talking 50, 60, 70% below normal, healthy levels of real estate inventory. You're not going to see the market flip on its head anytime soon. And people still have a significant amount of equity in their homes. So, to give you just some quick data, real quick. You know, housing inventory. This is as of the week of February 5th, 2022. The median listing price grew by 11.9% year over year. The new listings, a measure of, of course, right, sellers putting homes up for sale, were down 7% from last year. Active inventory is down 27% from a year ago. And strong buyer interest drives time on market down by 10 days from last year. So again, this all goes back to supply and demand. demand. In 2021, an additional 1.57 million households formed in 2021. Home builders started construction on about 1.12 million single family homes. So that delta right there, that housing shortage of how many homes were formed and homes were actually getting delivered to the market, that delta, there's 600,000 homes short. 13.8 million new households formed between 2012 and 2021. Housing starts from that same exact time, 8 million houses. That's a 5.82 million shortage delta of housing starts than housing formation. So as you guys can see, we're still, we have so much catch up to do on that. I think that does give an insulation and build a moat around the market, equity in homes as a whole. Now, again, Something catastrophic could happen. Something could be a domino that knocks over another one. But right now, paying attention to those variables should at least give you confidence that it's going to remain a seller's market. Maybe not confidence if you're a buyer or an investor. So that's why, of course, right, buying right, operating intelligently, and playing this for the long-term game is where at least, right, Ryan and I, that's our narrative always. Crockpot versus microwave. Always the good stuff is made in the crockpot, even though the microwave might produce something quick and easy. It's not always going to be the most beneficial, the most enjoyable, and the most uh, profitable long-term. And that's what we're paying attention to when we're talking about building wealth. 
So with that being said, if you guys got any questions for us, let us know. Shoot us a text at 844-447-1555. If you want to take advantage of a free financial x-ray and get in contact with Ryan and his amazing team, text the word x-ray to that same number. If you want to get on my syndication deals list, um, got some exciting stuff to be sharing with you guys. Text the word deals to 844-447-1555. And with that being said, guys, Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that X-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high-net-worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. 